How many have been able to come out the whole weekend? Amen. God bless you. How many were able to come to more than two sessions? <laughs> That's wonderful. Listen, I hope you were blessed. Um, it's been a wonderful journey since Thursday. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. It's been a wonderful journey since Thursday. And, um, and I pray that, you know, beyond what man can say, you hear what God is saying. Amen. There's always a voice within the voice. That's the way the Lord does what he does. In the Logos, the Lord will breathe a rhema, a word that is directed to you and to where you are. It will not always be comfortable, but it will always be necessary. Amen. I've been blessed and privileged to be here. Pastor Sam, Pastor Justin, thank you. And the leaders of this wonderful church. Um, if there's any visitors coming in and checking us out, God bless you. Amen. If you don't have a home church, you do now. <laughs> You do now. It's called Zion. Amen. Zion Assemblies. Always welcome here. It's a, a wonderful congregation of people that love God and they will love you as well. I can say that with all confidence. Um, I have a, a territory to walk in, but before I do, you know, I had a wonderful time in the Bible study this morning and um, I pray that you take to heart what we said and study, 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 study. The reason why I wanted you to back up what you were saying with scripture is because you have got to base your revelation on the word of God. Amen. As the primary focus of your revelation is the word of God because what, whatever is revealed to you, you tap into the power of it. Amen. Uh, took about 1,500 years or so for 40 writers and then many more years for those that compiled to give us what we call the canon, the 66 books of scripture. Most 1,500 years of literature. This is not a book. It's a library of 66 books. This was not authored by the 40 writers. They just recorded the author is God. Amen. And your approach to the scripture is this, is that there's a progressive revelation of God that is captured in scripture from Genesis to Revelation. No one place more important than the other. It is the complete word of God. Amen. So how you read scripture, because sometimes there is uh, a dichotomy or a fight between the New Testament and the Old Testament, is that you are looking for the principles of God. You are looking for the revelation of God throughout the whole read of scripture. Everyone in the Old Covenant is giving us an example of what happens when God intersects men. So with Abraham, we learn that the Lord can purpose to bless a man who walks in obedience to him. Leave your father's house and I will bless you. I'll bless those that bless you. And from Abraham, we learn that sometimes even though time takes long, what God has said, God will fulfill. From Jacob, we learn that even if, we, if you were mislabeled at birth and they called you hill catcher, when inside you there was a prince with God, in spite of how you begin and in spite of the struggle in your life, if you incline yourself to the Lord, the purpose that he has for you will be fulfilled. You can begin as a Jacob and as a hill catcher and you can end as an Israel, as a prince with God. From Sarah we learn that a barren womb or a barren situation no matter how long it takes, 
can become fruitful and bring forth a promised seed. Every single one of these people did not live onto themselves. In fact, most of them never wrote the book that tells their story. Their story was captured and fossilized, not for their sake, but for our sake. So we might learn the way that God deals with humanity. So the principles of the word of God are for you. That which is revealed is for you, the Bible says. The whole book. The whole book. Even in the ordinances of God that are laid out in, in the Leviticus, the reason why we have that book is you learn principles in there. You learn principles about what offends God. Don't move your neighbor's um, you know, stone. means that don't, don't cut into someone else's boundary because it's offensive unto God. You learn about what the Lord loves and what he does not love. Because God is a mystery to us until he's revealed through his word. And then the final culmination of the revelation of God is through his eternal living Torah, who is his son, Jesus Christ, the ultimate exegesis of the Father. The word of God finally explained in the person of Christ. It's with that in mind that I want to take a few moments this morning. I'm not going to keep you long. I just want to examine what I call quality conversations that exist between God and people. I'm intrigued by certain people and the way they talk to God because it helps me understand certain things about what's important to God. You see, when we talked about the first fruits earlier on, I didn't know it was important to God until he revealed it through Abel that it is. That's why we still preach about righteous Abel to this day, even though he's been dead, the first human being ever killed. But we still talk about him because some part of his story reveals the heart of God to us. Are we okay? So it's with that in mind that I just want to see because um, there are several layers of communication. We talked about, we've been talking about leadership all weekend for those of us that are joining us for the first time. Since Thursday, we've been trying to emphasize on the concept of leadership. And part of what we talked about is the importance of the mouth, the importance of speech, the importance of what comes out of your mouth is consequential. And that's what we laid out last night. And today is the final continuation of the same thought, except for this though. I found out that with the, 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 the spiritual realm is voice activated. It's a voice activated system. That's why you notice that um, the Lord says in Ezekiel 37, we learn from Ezekiel, when the Lord asked the prophet, son, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, only you know the Lord says, speak or prophesy to the dry bones. Activate life by the word of your mouth. Is that Okay. We learn that Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Another portion of scripture lets us know that a man's stomach is filled by the fruit of his lips, meaning you are nourished by what your lips produce. One of the most powerful things we do with our lips, more than just declaring, is we talk to God. We have conversation with God. But I found out that there's different levels of quality in regards to conversation with God. And that's what we want to unpack today. I know all of us have needs, various needs and various things that we desire, various things that we believe in God for. I have absolutely no doubt. But let's begin, for example, with Luke chapter 11, and let's look at how to structure our conversation with God. I want to learn how to talk to God. I want to learn how 
the action of my lips or the movement of my lips can move heaven. I need to know the secrets of divine conversation. Luke chapter 11, let's see what the Bible begins to teach us and we're going to venture into the old covenant as well in some instances. If you had Luke chapter 11, say amen. Remember, we are discovering, we are exploring, we're trying to find the heart of the Father. I want to know what moves God. I don't want to know what moves men. I want, right now, I want to know what moves God. Because I know that when God is moved, so is man. Watch this. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They're asking, Lord, teach us to talk to God. Now, I thought it was okay just to be conversational. Usually when I ask people what is prayer, they always say the same thing, it's communication with God. But this disciple noticed that there, are different, uh, there is different potency or different power in prayer. Some people don't know how to pray powerful prayers. Yeah. They must have noticed that Jesus' prayer life was powerful. It was not mere conversation, Daddy, how are you? I hope you have a good day. Uh, you know, No, no, no. They found out something about when, God, when Christ talked to the Father, something happened to him that enabled him to affect what happens here. That means that the breakthrough you want first comes from this connection before it gets to this connection. Are we okay? Now let's see if the Lord can unlock the secrets of heaven, which I'm hoping we can be able to grasp today. Here's what Jesus says now. He says, uh, when you pray, meaning what? When you converse with heaven, structure it this way. That's what he's saying. Because they said, Lord, teach us what? What to pray? How to pray. So they were not asking for a script. They were asking for a system. There's a difference. A script, you just repeat. Our Father, what in heaven? Hello, like I did in high school. You know, in our high schools in Zimbabwe, we, the, the principal used to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. That was prayer in schools. Amen. Didn't change much. We still got into a pile of trouble. But it was cool. So the principal would say, good morning, boys. I went to an all-boys school. All 1,400 said, good morning, sir. He says, let us pray. Our Father. And 1,400 boys said, Lord in heaven, I love you, thy name. Thy kingdom come, there will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom of the world. Forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated and they sit down. Oh, we had prayer in school today. Really? Like, seriously? No. They didn't ask what to pray. They say, teach us how. I want to know I'm a natural man born in iniquity. How do I converse with the God creator of all that exists? I don't want to be presumptuous. Back when I was in high school, I'll give you another example. When I was in high school, I used to play in a Scottish pipe band. Yep, used to wear the good old kilt. <laughs> used to wear a kilt, play in a Scottish pipe band. I played the snare drum in a Scottish pipe band. 
And so the Queen of England was visiting Zimbabwe and my school pipe band had to play for her, you know, Flower of Scotland, uh, God Save the Queen on our pipe. And so we formed a guard of honor and we were going to meet the Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. But what happened is this, is that weeks before they showed up, the British High Commission sent an emissary to our school to coach us how to handle ourselves in the presence of the House of Windsor. They say you stay at attention the whole time. Don't move. They say you don't extend her hand to shake her hand unless she extends her hand to shake yours. She initiates every move. Because back in the day, there used to be a man with a sword that walks next to the queen. If you extended your hand without invitation, it got separated from the rest of your body. <laughs> Why? That were the protocols of approaching royalty. But children of God are so loose in their approach to heaven as if no protocol exists. They think they can just punch storm the presence of God and say whatever whenever. But the disciples were wise in the time of Christ because they saw they prayed, nothing happened. He prayed, everything happened. So they asked one of the most amazing questions. Lord, can you show me how to do it like you do? Can you show me how to talk to the Father like you talk to the Father? I talk to him, nothing happens. You talk to him, you walk on water, you multiply bread, you turn you know, water to wine. You, 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 you do amazing things. Cripples walk when you talk to your Father. Dead men are raised. When I talk to him, nothing happens. Can you teach me how to pray? So the Lord Jesus Christ said, okay. I'll reveal some secrets. When you pray to him, say, Father, Meaning, don't say uncle. <laughs> Meaning, don't say pastor. Don't even call him king. Don't even call him Lord Almighty. Don't approach him as a servant. Approach him as a son. Father. If you want to go deep, approach him as family. Take some time to recognize who he is, where he is, meaning locate him first. Before you locate what? Your little problem that you're bringing before the throne. You know, the building you want to build, the breakthrough you want, before you tell him any of that stuff. Locate him, find out where he is. Our Father in heaven. Be marveled by the power of his name because his name exhibits his character. Know the character of the one you are talking to. When you meditate on the name of God, you're not meditating on Jehovah Jireh, you know, Jehovah Ire, you're not Jehovah, no, no. You are meditating on the character that the name represents. So you're looking and you're saying, what is my need? I need healing. Well, he's already called Jehovah Rapha. What is my need? I need supply. The Bible calls him El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Well, what is my need right now? My need is breakthrough. He's also called Bel Peredim or Bel Perazim. That's what he was called in the book by, by Judah. Meaning when Judah's son was born, he was called the Lord of the breakthrough. The Lord of the breach. Amen. 
When, it's, when I feel like I'm under pressure, he's called El Elyon, the most high God, who stands above anything that tries to... When you meditate on the name of God, you are rehearsing the character of who you're talking to because you've got to know who you're talking to before you can tap into what he has. Many people want stuff from a God they don't even know. So Jesus says, I need to share with you the secret. When you talk to him, first approach him as family, daddy. Know where he is out in heaven. You know, know his character. Holy is your name. And the first request you give must not be about what you want. It must be about what he wants. What does he want? He wants his kingdom established on earth. How do you know? The last Old Testament prophet was, what was his name? What was the last name of the, of the last Old Testament prophet? No. John the Baptist. He preached before the new covenant was established. What was the message of the last Old Testament prophet? Repent. For what? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Lord loves his kingdom. What did Jesus do when he took on that mantle? What was the first message that Jesus preached? Repent. Why? For the kingdom of soul. Talk to God about what is important to God first. So what do you do? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, may your kingdom come. And heaven is looking and saying, what are they requesting? They're requesting for the kingdom. Do they have any needs? Absolutely. What needs do they have they want to break through for their church? Have they talked about it yet? Not yet, Lord. What are they talking about? Your needs. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> Quality communication, ladies and gentlemen, which I just want to share with you right now, is about the fact that your first conversation in the presence of God reveals your priorities. And if you want to align yourself correctly so that you get your breakthrough, Align your priorities with heaven's priorities and you'll never go wrong. Most of us are not aware of the needs of the Holy Spirit. We are not even aware of the needs of the Father. We approach him with our own needs so prominent in our eyes, we fail to realize that something else may be on the heart of God. Hannah wanted a son, but do you know what she, what she did first? Before she asked for a son, she began to find out what the father wanted. And I believe she was led by the spirit that told her that the father wanted a prophet. So she approached heaven with a proposition. If you will give me my son, I will give you your prophet. So heaven says, there's your son. And Hannah says, there's your prophet. What was that? She perceived the needs of God for the hour. And that's the approach with which she approached heaven. She was looking for a son. She never raised him. He was raised by Eli. She was not looking for a boy to raise. She perceived in her spirit the needs of heaven and wanted the need of heaven to be birthed through her. And when heaven blessed her with her son, she blessed heaven with its prophet. Perceiving the needs of the father. How are we doing? 
Are we okay? Are you even aware of what God is doing in your time? Does it matter to you? Or are we so wrapped up on what we want? We are paying no attention to what the Father wants in our generation. Do you know what God wants for your time? Have you researched it? Have you searched the scripture? Or are we so wrapped up on human need that we forget that heaven has a plan for our time and is looking for divine partnership? You see, the men of God that I enjoy in scripture, they knew this secret. So they knew how to dial the heart of God. Let me find one. Oh, okay. I'll go back to the book of Judges way back. You see, God loves Israel. And if you love Israel, you are touching the heart of God. He loves his people. Absolutely loves them. So one day, Israel has been overcome by the Midianites. The people of God are overcome by a, an outside army. Everybody's worried about their family and their children. What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my children? And all this. But there's a young man that is worried about Israel. He's worried about the nation that God loves. Everybody else is worried. Lord, well, how am I going to pay my bills? And when am I going to send my, you know, am I going to be able to afford college for my kids? But there was a young man in their midst that, that his primary focus was he loved what God loved. And because God loved Israel, he loved Israel. So he was hiding from the Midianites, threshing wheat in a wine press. And the Lord approached him in divine conversation. Watch the conversation of people that love God. Listen to me. The Lord is with you, mighty men of valor. What was that? Heaven was applauding him. God is with you, you mighty men of war. What did Gideon reveal? He was not taken aback by heaven's applause. He was not puffed up in pride because of heaven's applause. Because heavy in his heart was the plight of Israel. More than his own father's house, he cared about the plight of Israel. The Lord is with you, mighty men of valor. Wait a minute, sir. If God is with us, why is my nation going through this? What? You don't care about your own family? I care about them. But my heart is heavy with Israel. You don't care about your own needs, your own safety. I care. But my heart has got its priorities straight. For me, it's Israel first. The Lord is with you. I'm not going to talk about me, sir. Don't talk about me right now. Let's talk about Israel. Because our fathers told us of the great exploits of God. Our fathers told us of miraculous entrance into the land of promise. And how they were delivered from the land of oppression. But why therefore are we where we are right now if God is with us? What about my people? What is that? It's a conversation of a guy who's got his priorities right. He's not binging on heaven's attention just for, for himself. I love our singing, but sometimes we've got to be careful. We don't obsess over ourselves. And we've got to learn to care for what God cares for. God loves people. One of the things that scares me about the modern American church is they think that it, it almost appears as if God just cannot wait to burn a bunch of people. 
God loves people. He loves the Israelites and the Palestinians. God loves people. He loves the Syrians. He loves people. He loves people. The evidence of scripture is that God loves people. When was the last time you approached God? Not based on what you want, but based on what he wants. You see, these old covenant guys knew how to talk to God. Quality conversations. An old veteran in the faith. He had an audience with the Lord. Old guy. He had seen miracles. He had seen signs. He had seen wonders. God had used him mightily. I'm talking about my, one of my favorite heroes, Moses. Now he's in the presence of the Lord. Almost as if the Lord say, you found favor in my sight. I know you by name. Exodus chapter 12. You guys know the story. And again, Exodus chapter 33, rather. 33 and verse 12. I've known you by my name, by your name, and you are mine. Most of us would have absorbed the applause. Oh, hallelujah. David in the storm. You know, people, God knows me. He knows my name. He knows my every prayer. He sees each tear that falls. Stop obsessing over yourself. <laughs> Come on. When this old man, who had seen every miracle, was approached by the Lord and he told him, I found favor in your sight. He turns around and he asks, if I found favor in your sight, Lord, show me now your glory. What was he asking for? A revelation of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Wrong question. It's not what. It's who is the glory of God. The glory of God is not what. It's a who. What was he asking for? A revelation of Jesus. When? Centuries before Jesus was born. Did he ask to raise the dead? No, I'm not asking to raise the dead. I don't need that right now. Did you ask to? No, I'm not asking for it. Do you ask so that nobody will ever stand up against you? Lord, I don't really care about that. But if I have truly found favor in your sight, show me the one hidden on the inside of you that has not yet been revealed. That's why the Lord says, I'll let my goodness pass before you. And when the goodness of God passed before Moses, it wasn't something. It was someone. What is that? Quality conversations. An opportunity to ask anything. He asked for a revelation of Jesus. Mm, okay. I'll talk about another guy. Are we okay? Are we really? Okay. I just want to, to talk to you about esteeming the things that God esteems. Desiring the things that God desires. I want to show you how to touch the heart of your God. There are men and women in scripture that figured it out. The secret to the heart of God. Love what he loves. Second Samuel. Chapter 7. And when the king lived in his house, 
And the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies. The king said to Nathan, See, now I dwell in the house of Seder, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan and said, Go and tell my servant David, that says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people from the land of uh, um, the people of Israel from the land of Egypt to this day but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling in all the places I have moved with all my people did I ever speak a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people saying why have you not built me a house of Seda now therefore thus says thus you shall say to my servant David thus says the Lord of armies the Lord of hosts I took you from the pasture from following the sheep that you should be prince over my people. And I have been with you wherever you went. And have cut off all your enemies from before you. I'll make your, you a, for you a great name. Like the name of the great ones on the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place. And be disturbed no more. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Talking about quality conversations. Here was a king. That had been called when he was a shepherd boy. David didn't go to school. David was like an outcast even in his own father's house. When the men of God came to anoint a king over Israel, his father felt all his other seven brothers qualified. The only one who didn't qualify was David. So they sent him to do the servant's job while the other brothers were in line to be chosen as king. David, the one who tried to save Israel from its enemies and for a gift he was hunted for years by the king of Israel who tried to kill him. David, that boy. That one day the Lord then caused to ascend to be captain over 400 men. Before causing him to ascend to be the king of Judah. Before causing him to ascend finally to be the king of Israel. One day he's in his own house living well. Lives in uh, Frisco, Plano. Give me a name. Allen Park, where you all live? What's that? Garland, chilling in the colony. Right? Two-car garage, living well, living well, living well. You know, infinity something, something, something in the parking lot. Living well. But instead of sitting there just saying, this is amazing, he looked out to where his father dwelt, to the house of God, and he says, this is not good. This is not good. I remember where I came from, you see. I was a shepherd boy, I had nothing. Now I'm living well, but look how my father is living. Look at the house of my God. It's a shame that I should live this way in the house of God, be in shambles. So here is a question he asked that moves the heart of God. I know you've heard me say this before. I repeat it for a reason. Because if we get our priorities lined with heaven, I'm telling you this breakthrough is imminent. There is something that God wants for your season and for, you, for this place. If you can figure out what that is and align with it, it's going to happen. You know what you want, but just forget that for a little bit. Find out what God wants and line up with that. Watch what happens. The secret to the heart of God is to find out what the needs of the Father are. So David went to Nathan the prophet and said, Sir, listen, man, I'm living well, man. I'm blessed. I'm really blessed. But, but I feel ashamed because I live so well, but my father's house is in shambles. You know, we all kinds of money. We're not doing well in the house of God, but in my house, I'm doing well. Can you talk to him and find out if he will allow me to build him a house? I want to build him a house. 
How about all your kids? Are they all, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Do you have any, no problem? I have some problems. You know, one of my sons is acting up. I do have problems of my own, but right now, my approach is, can you talk to God and find out if he will let me build my heart wants to build him a house. When God heard this, heaven responded with the thunder. And here's what God, God acted astounded. He says, never in the history of this people a, have I ever asked you to build me a house? I've never complained that I'm living in a tent while you're living in Plano. I've never complained about any of that. I've left you alone. Who is this man that he'll be so audacious to have the audacity to want to do for me what I did not ask for? Now therefore tell my servant David because you have wanted to build me a house. Now I am going to build you a house. What is that? You, are, you see, the reason those stories are in the scriptures is so that you can find out the character and the quality of the men and women that moved the heart of heaven. Let me build your house, Father. And the Lord says, Son, nobody's ever asked me that. No one. Not even Moses. Nobody's ever asked me that. I have not demanded it. I have not complained that you are living better than I am, that your house is better than mine. I never complained. But because you had this in your heart to do this for me, now I will build you a house. I'm going to make your name like one of the great names on the earth. There will never be a son or an offspring of David on the throne of Israel until Shiloh comes. That's why Jesus came from the house of David and eternally sits on the throne of David. Why? Because one day a man had a quality conversation with God. He decided to engage God in conversation. But instead of talking about what he wanted alone, he began to dial the number of what the father wanted because the dream of God's house was already on the earth, but nobody had taken on the baton to do it. Quality conversations with the Lord. What is happening is that a man's mouth is moving and triggering the heart of God. Something he is asking is moving the heart of God in conversation with heaven. Moving heaven by the power of divine conversation that is aligned to divine priority. Those stories are not in there for David's sake. It's to let you know the full range of relationship that a human being can enjoy with God. I can go further from David. A little bit further back. Genesis chapter 18. There's an old man who's been waiting for the promise of God for many years. He's been waiting for the promised son. God promised him in his 60s that he'll have a son. And now he's 99 years old and the son has not yet come. He's not complaining. He's not complaining. And one day he's sitting on a hot afternoon outside the tent door. He had pitched his tent by the sacred oaks of Mamre. And he saw four men walking. And something in him kicked in that said, take care of them. These are not common men. They, they were not coming to his house. They were passing by. Because that's what God does sometimes. He won't come to this church, brother. He will pass by. You have to recognize him and say, Lord, come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Kumbaya, my Lord. 
Kumbaya. You have to recognize that the move of God is passing your town. And you say, Father, don't, you know, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While to others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Come by my house, Lord. Don't come into my neighborhood and not come home. My house is open for you. Come and refresh yourself. So Abraham ran after this man. man gentlemen, 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 please, please, please. No, it's, it's a hot day. Come, come, come and refresh yourself. We will cook for you. We'll take care of you. Please come and rest. What is that? It's hosting the presence of God. It's an act of worship. It's housing, making God comfortable in your house. It means you're forgetting your needs and are aware of his needs. Hosting him. Not asking for stuff. Oh, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. Okay, out. Like the typical prayer of a good uh, Malayali Pentecostal, right? You know, give me, 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 give me. Okay, shout. He's gone to work. <laughs> no. Sit down, Father. Be comfortable. Let me wash your feet. I'll give you a little foot massage there. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Honey, can you go in the house and bake a cake? We've got visitors. Yeah, make the best one. Yeah, that one that I like. Oh, yes. I think they'll like that. Go ahead and bake that. Young man, go and feel the, uh, kill the fetid calf. But we were saving it for, 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 for the Passover. No, 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 no. Go and kill it right now. They go and kill that. They bring it. They sit down, taking care of the needs of God. Not because he had a request of anything he wanted, but because he just wanted God to be pleased by being served by him. The Lord eats in the house of Abraham. Ah, washes his hands. Stretches out a little bit. You know, when you do that toe stretch, you know? Just really, ah, okay. And the Lord says, where is Sarah? Why? You have not asked for a son. You don't have to ask me for what you want. I perceive your need. You've been taking care of me, boy. I want to take care of you. You see how you get there? Where is Sarah? She's the one who baked that cake you liked. She's in the kitchen. We'll tell her, I'm going to visit you again next year. And according to the cycle of life, she will be with child. Sarah heard that and she laughed. <laughs> Says, why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. Yes, you are. Because she was like, can a son be born of one so old? Yes. Why? Because you and your husband took care of the needs of God without asking for anything of your own. I'm going to take care of you. I'll take care of you. Why? It's a principle in scripture. You understand? The way to the thing you want sometimes means you've got to go that way to get here. You've got to find out what the Father wants and minister that without any request of your own except to be pleasing to God. And out of the outcropping of his heart, he will bless you. It's his way. It's the secret that most people never find out. So they keep, gimme, 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 and their prayers never get answered. Now watch this, watch this. We're talking about what quality conversations between human beings and God, right? I want you to know how people that walk with God really are in their heart. So the, the Lord is going towards Sodom and he stops and he says, shall I withhold from Abraham what I'm about to do? Now is Abraham asking, Lord, please tell No, He says, you took the time to take care of my needs. You are family to me. I cannot walk by to go on a mission without telling you what I'm doing. That's why Amos chapter 3 and verse 7 says, For the Lord does nothing on the earth without first telling his servants the prophets. The Lord has had people on the earth he has conversations with about what he's doing. I pray that person becomes you. The Lord says to Abraham, Son, we're about to go to the cities of the plain. And if it's really as bad as the outcry that has reached my throne, I will destroy that city. Why is the Lord telling Abraham that? Because the Lord is curious to see how Abraham will respond. 
So Abraham walks. Now watch the heart of the people that walk close to God. Come on, Pastor. Help me, Pastor Sam. This is God and Abraham walking side to side, side by side, side by side. He turns around and he says, but Lord, can I say something? What is that quality conversation? Can you give me another son after Isaac? Can you give me another son after that? And I want like five sons. No, 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 no. Not the time. Not the time. Why? Heaven is on a mission. I want to find what part I can play on heaven's mission. So he says, Lord, I know you've got to do what you've got to do. But I felt you told me that for a reason. It could be that you want me to intercede. So here goes. What if there are 40 righteous people in Sodom? Will you destroy? And the father says, for the sake of 40, I'll spare the city. And they walk a little bit more. And he stops and says, Father, now that we started the conversation, this is not a man without his own need. He's got his own needs. I'm sure if he was to be asking for what he wanted, Lord, can I learn to fly? Lord, can I be, be able to disappear? Lord, he could, this is a man walking with God. Ask anything. But what does Abraham talk about? About heaven's mission in Sodom. Does it mean he has no needs of his own? He has needs. Well, why aren't you saying anything about them? Because the first order of business is to take care of what he wants. He knows my needs. Father, if there were 30 people that are righteous, far be it from you that you will destroy the righteous with the unrighteous. And the father says, for the sake of 30, I won't destroy them. And they keep on walking. And Abraham stops. Why? I believe he feels in his heart the Lord is seeking an intercessor. So he stands in the gap for Sodom. He says, Lord, what if they are 20? We'll take care of 20. 20. Okay, they walk. And says, so, well, Lord, what if they are 10? And the Lord says, for the sake of 10, I'll save them. What is that? God and his son talking what I consider quality conversation. So Abraham stops at 10. And God stops at 10. What if, what if Abraham had said, what if there's one? According to the way the script is going, God would have said what? For the sake of one, I won't destroy. And Lot would have been the salvation of Sodom. But the father went as far as his son asked. We stop at 10? Are you sure? We stop at 10, father. Okay. Okay, Mone. I have to go. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> So he goes on his mission. He does not find 10 people. The city of the plain is destroyed. But the intercessory that he did is what causes righteous Lot to be saved. Him his and his daughters got saved. What am I saying? I'm talking about people that walk with God. But they are dialed into the heart of God. And they know how to talk to the eternal God of all creation. In Psalm chapter 2, the psalmist wrote, The Lord said unto my Lord, Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. The Lord was looking for somebody that would ask for nations. Don't just ask for things, for bills to be paid, for this and for that and my mortgage and all this. There are people that ask for nations. Do you understand? Ask of me. 
and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the ends of, your, of the earth for your possession. An old Scottish missionary by the name of John Knox found that scripture. And here's the prayer of John Knox. John Knox prayed to heaven and said, Father, give me Scotland or I die. Give me Scotland or I die. Either give me Scotland or kill me. His heart was heavy. Not with his own family and the fact that you want them to pass the boards. His heart was filled with a desire for Scotland. So here's what Mary, the, uh, the Queen of the Scots said. She said, I fear no man under heaven. The only thing I fear are the prayers of John Knox. Because that man prayed for and the Lord handed him the nation of Scotland. Quality conversations. Are we okay? Hmm. Heaven has already told you you can ask. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. I just need to challenge you today. What are you asking for? What do you want? And I just want to share with you a little secret before I sit down and before I drive to the airport to pick up a rental so I can drive to Oklahoma. <laughs> just told you my agenda right now. I just want to give you a little bit of a secret of heaven is that if you ask things that are lined up with the plan of God, you will see the miraculous power of God flow. You will see his hand. Your father has got an agenda on the earth today and very few partners because everybody wants the blessing on them just for me. I want me to take care of me. Let me tell you this. One of my heroes in scripture is a man over a 40-day period that went through one of the worst trials possible. He wrote what is essentially the oldest book in the Bible right now, which is the book of Job. Do you know what the book of Job is? Job struggles. You know the story. Loses his family, loses his wealth, loses his health. Struggles until he's outside by uh, where they used to throw you know, the ashes and is covering himself with ashes to try and, and calm the pain from the boils that had covered his skin. Three of his friends come in and they all talk nonsense. They all preach to him like those friends that come when you're in trouble and they're all talking on top of their heads and nobody's making sense. They trouble him for many, many chapters. And then in chapter 42, before the book ends, the Lord says to Job, Son, I need you to pray for your friends. They're healthy. They got their family. I'm the one who's sick. I'm the one who lost everything. Yeah, I know, I know, I know money. But I need you to uh, pray, 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 pray for your friends. Father, even my own wife has turned against me. I know, I know, I know, child, I know, I know. Yeah, but pray for your friends. And these guys walk up to Job, you know, probably a little belly up to there. One probably rubbing his belly because he had just eaten whatever the, they ate in those days. Yeah, you know, Job, I need your prayer, man. You know, um, we're doing good, but I need your prayer. And here's a man covered in boils, laying hands on his friends. Father, please help them. Please spare them. And what the Bible says, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. Hallelujah. A sick man praying for healthy people. And the Lord turned his fortune around. 
What about me? Yeah, what about you? Well, what about what I want? The secret to what you want is not by just me and what I want. It's to dial into what God wants. Ah, God is to dial into what God wants. Peter, yes, sir. You're a fisherman, right? Yes. If you worked all night and I caught nothing, what would you rather be doing? Doing my work, trying to feed my family. Can I use your boat? Because the people are pressing upon me and I need a place to preach. Of course, Lord. Of course. Here's my boat. Preach from it. The Lord Jesus Christ preaches from the boat of Peter. After he's done, he says, I want you to launch out into the deep and cast your nets. He says, Master, we worked all night and we got nothing. Watch this. Peter had not asked for intervention. He knew the Lord was the master. He called him master. He called him rabbi. He called him teacher. He says, we've worked, but nevertheless, at your word, I will do it. And because Peter honored what Jesus wanted and took care of the needs of Christ, a whole night of failure was turned around in a moment. The secret to breakthrough and to answer prayer is not always what you think. The secret is to find out what the Father wants and to give that to him. I hope you are hearing this African boy. Some of you have specific needs that I know of that you need a breakthrough in. Let me tell you this. Turn your back on that for a moment. Find out the needs of the Father and minister to him. Watch what happens. You've been so wrapped up in what you want, you cannot look, you cannot see outside yourself. And I'm challenging you. Focus on what the Father wants. See what he will do to you. Yesterday I asked you, I asked you, yeah, can somebody step up and pray for the nation of India? And you all looked at me like I was crazy. Is it because we are so comfortable here? Is it because we are shy? Well, how is your shyness greater than the plight of the nation where it's from? I should have had a long line waiting to pray. India is pivotal to what God is doing. Let me tell you this. I started speaking amongst Malayalis back in 2003, 2004. I'll tell you how it happened. Because the Lord had given me a vision before I knew anybody that was Indian. The Lord had given me a vision of a revival taking place in the nation of India. It was primarily from young people, kind of your guys' age. I would say around 35 and under. It was not a, 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 a revival of miracle signs and wonders. It was a revival of worship. Because, you know, when you perform miracles and you heal the sick, everybody shows up. Because people like spectacular things. No, people were gathering to worship. I saw stadiums full of young people worshiping God. Worshipping. I'm still waiting to see the culmination of that. This darkness that is taking place in India right now is trying to circumvent the plan of God for this nation. And here's what the Lord told me one time when I started working with ICPF. He said 10% of the world's population is an Indian under the age of 25. He says that the Indian youth are my tithe, my 10%. Invest in them. That's why I've been talking to you guys more than I talk to Africans. It's because of what I saw before I started preaching to you. But I'm wondering if anybody is, is, has, feels the heaviness that I feel for the nation of India. I'm not from there, I'm from Africa. My continent has its own problems. But my heart is bleeding that do not let darkness overshadow that nation again. Who cares about that here? Are we so comfortable here? They may turn around and kick us out of here, you do know that, right? Whose heart is burdened by the fact that crusades are being shut down. Where the gospel is trying to be muzzled in silence. I'm not saying go there and pick at them. No, but you have got to care enough to look into heaven and have quality conversations with God about the outcome of nations. Amen. I'm failing to find people like that in church today. 
Everybody is so focused on what they want. Their little thing. If I ask right now, I need somebody to pray over the generation of the youth. I should have adults mob me. Not sit there and look at me. Why? This is God's tithe. This is God's 10%. God is going to use this to not just touch India, but to touch the world. I believe that with all of my heart. That the Lord is going to use Indian young people to touch the globe. But when I ask you to pray, don't stare at me and act like I've got three eyes. Care. Quality conversations. I'm not mad at you, I'm passionate. It's a difference. Amen. For the young people, when I say I need you to pray for your adults, don't stare at me like, okay. Who's going to pray for them? Yesterday I said, those of you born in the United States, can you pray for this nation? (laughs) Thank God for prayer. She stepped up. Girl was shaking, but she stepped up. (laughs) Care. Why? Come up here and have quality. It doesn't mean that you don't have your own needs. You've got needs. I know you've got things you want God to do for you. But can you just forget them for a moment? And have quality conversations with God. About the things that matter to him. Worship team, can you guys take your place? For those of you that go to Zion. That this is your home church. I need you to hear me good. I'm going to speak prophetically to you right now. God blessed you with this property. You didn't earn it. It was given to you as a blessing. I know the story because I used to, I ministered with you when you were in the old place. That old. All I can say is God is merciful. But before you came onto this property, there was a dream that was already over this property. The man that bought this property had a dream, a kingdom-related dream for it. The dream on this piece of property was for something that touches the nations, not just India, including if you guys remember the conversation with your, with your presbyter when he was giving you the keys to this. It was not just to outreach your own one group. It was not for a monolithic Malayali group. That's not what it was for. Am I, am I correct or am I correct? The vision was what? was that it will serve the nations from this piece of property. If you ever walk away from that, you will know. Because you can't win and do that. Fulfill the desire that was, that allowed this land to be gifted to you. That's why whenever you just try and be monolithic in who you reach out to, you find that you lose. There's a spirit of attrition that takes from you. When you fulfill the reason this place was put in, I'm telling you this right now, this will be the room where your kids are, not even your youth, because your youth will have a bigger space than this. There's a lot of young people in this town that want to come in, they want to reach out their neighborhoods. This is an outreach center for the nations. It's an outreach center for even a lot of South Asians that are not Malayali. It's uh, the Tamils, it's, 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 it's um, the people from, uh, from, from Bangalore, the, you know, the, the Can- Canadians, you know, for everyone. More, more than just that, but some of the Pakistanis and some of the people from the Islamic world, from the Buddhist world, from the, from the Hindu world are going to come and they're going to, Africans, we are here already. If you say that's not what I want, you might very well be in the wrong place. Because as for this place, 
That's the vision that existed here. And that's why it was gifted to you. And my warning, and I felt this yesterday before I had a conversation. I felt it so strongly and I didn't know. That's why I had to ask, what was the conversation in the beginning concerning this property? You need to remember foundations. Because we forget, God never forgets. You made a commitment that you're supposed to keep. And God will bless you. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's all stand please. Hallelujah. Are we happy we came to church today? Parents, you say, I need a breakthrough for my children. I'm going to challenge you. Pray for your kids, friends. Cry for them. Fast for them. Because some of, those, some of your kids have friends that nobody prays for them. You cry out on their behalf. Watch what the Lord will do with your kids. Some of you say, I need a breakthrough for my family. I want you to pray for someone else's family. Why? Because the way from here to here is usually from here to there. It's a kingdom of paradoxes or a kingdom of what appears to be contradictions. That's the kingdom of our God. Are we okay? What are we talking about today? Say it out loud. Come on, people. What are we talking about today? Quality conversations with God. When a human mouth is moving in conversation with God and the heart of God is moving in response to what you say. You need a breakthrough for your family, my brother, so you can be in the ministry full time. Here's what I'm going to challenge you. If you can find another minister who's struggling to make it full time, get a little bit of something and I want you to bless them with it. What you need... I want you to find a minister who's starting out who needs that blessing, somebody who's struggling to get going and I want you to be a blessing to them. Watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Yeah. For those believing God for a spouse, I don't know which ones you are, I want you to pray for someone else who might be having the same struggle. Just begin to bring them before the Lord. Pray for someone else like you're praying for yourself. Watch what God will do. I dare you. And nay, when the results come and the testimonies, just make Felix know, please. Let Felix know so I can rejoice with you. Pastor Sam, come on. Come on, my brother. We're just going to pray together and I'm going to hand it over to you. Lift up your hands, please, everyone. We're going to extend our hands to you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for this beautiful congregation. I thank you for the assignment that they are on. I thank you for the calling that's upon them as a church and as individuals. Father, as they begin to talk to you in quality conversations, I thank you for an amazing season of breakthrough, answered prayer. You will answer prayers they have not even prayed yet. You will give breakthrough where they have not even articulated a need yet. As they bless others, you will bless them. And as they bless God, you will bless their generations. I thank you for ministers that love you and serve you. Like our father Abraham, we will minister to the presence of our God. Yes, you're in an amalteaning.